You're listening to the official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast. I'm your host, Estelle McGecky, and I'm here with the creators and executive producers of Once, Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, who will guide you through a recap of The Miller's Daughter, episode 216. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hello, Oncers. This week, we traced Cora's story, and from the short opening scene with her father, we understand that she came from a really difficult background. Well, what happened with her mother, we don't know, but we can see that her father is a drunk. He's clearly not a great father, and we can see that she's actually the brains behind the mill in the fact that she seems to be handling everything, and I think she is a person that has a lot of ambition and a lot of drive, but in this world, she was born to the wrong family, and she doesn't have the opportunities other people have. And so you see her just kind of struggling day to day. And she resents the fact that she's in the station that she is in and thinks she can and should be so much more. Ava tripped Cora like it was a sport. So now we see that Snow's mother wasn't always so kind and sweet. Well, what we see is the lesson that Ava imparted upon Snow in the previous episode. We see where that began. Ava had to learn it herself before she was able to give it to Snow. Yeah, I think this is the moment where Ava looked back and regretted what she did and kind of it made her realize, I need to change who I am. But it also makes the scene in episode 15 when Cora says over her body, death looks good on you. Now we understand where that came from, which is this very moment. The other thing that I always love is that you see, like, Regina is always a bit of a hothead. You see, she gets it from her mother. You know, for us personally, like, we have to just say, like, Rose McGowan really, we thought, did a great job bringing Cora to life. You know, we wrote this part for her. She just elevated it for us in such a way. The king is quite the hypocrite. I felt it was really illustrated when he tells young Cora that he is miles above her kind. After all, he is selling his son to save the kingdom. So I really felt for Cora in that scene. Sure. I think that is what makes him a hypocrite, and I think that is what makes him so hateful, is that here's a person who actually works harder than him, who is making a living for a drunk father, and she is doing her best, and this guy is still making the outside of his house look great, even though the inside is rotting. I admire the young Cora's tenacity, telling the king that she can spin straw to gold, and then just worrying about the details later. That's the hothead. You know, that is Regina claiming she is going to cast a curse before she's actually fully figured it out and had to go get it from Maleficent. Cora saw her way out. She saw what she needed to do to get where she needed to go, and she went for it without, you know, even thinking about the fact that she had no idea if she could back up her words. Well, really, I think in that moment, she wanted to leave with dignity. So he's sitting there saying, like, you're nothing but a Miller's daughter, and you're trash, and I don't like you. And so she's like, you think I have nothing to offer? Well, here. So she was kind of doing it to tell him off. And of course, unfortunately, she chose the wrong thing and, and that got her a ticket to the dungeon. When Rumpel is telling Cora, you want them to kneel before you, she corrects him and says, teach me make it part of our deal. Was he surprised? I think he was titillated by that. I think he likes her fire. Rumpel, you know, backs winners. <laughs> and he saw something in her that said, this person has fire, and she doesn't want just a shortcut to getting what she wants. She actually wants to know how to do it, and that's a different kind of person, and I think that's the kind of person he respects. The day before her wedding, when Cora and Rumple talk, he says, I can only give you darkness and isolation, but then she asks about love, and he agrees. Yeah, well, I think, you know, what he's saying is, if you're a person who just cares about these people kneeling down to you and being a member of the court, the popular kid, 
kids, I can't give you that. I am the dark one and I am feared, but I can give you love. And in that moment, I think she realizes maybe all that other stuff isn't worth it. Maybe this is what she was looking for. And I think you see that at the end of the episode where she realizes in this episode, she made the wrong choice. I didn't feel Cora was manipulating Rumpel in this scene, but am I being naive? No. She truly loved him, and I think that what's so tragic is these two were perfect for each other in a way that Mila and Rumpel never were. And Belle brings out the best in Rumpel, but Cora, in a lot of ways, truly understood Rumpel. It's like she's his intellectual or magical match. She is his intellectual and magical match, and they both understand each other, and that's what makes it to us so tragic because we didn't want this to be a manipulation or a con. We thought what would make it heartbreaking is here's a chance at two people who are very dark who had a chance for some lightness and love, and one of them literally rips her own heart out. The tragedy of the story is that, which is that Cora and Rumble maybe could have had something, but she wouldn't allow it because she made the choice for this other thing, for this power, for this grander ambition, which is very similar to what Rumpel would ultimately do with Bay. And, you know, and what we're seeing now with Rumpel and Belle is a different kind of love that is one that hopefully can learn from all the mistakes of the past, that perhaps we'll see that tested. Will Rumpel have grown and will he be able to move past that stuff? I'm glad I wasn't being naive then because you could almost read her motives two ways. Well, I think the fact that she ripped her own heart out because she couldn't make this decision with her heart inside her shows how real it was. And then I think the question you're asking is really the one that Rumpel has wanted to know for many, many years so that when she's about to kill him, if you notice, he says, the future told me everything, but it didn't tell me one thing. And right before he dies, he wants to know, did you love me? Like a scorned boyfriend. I was surprised that the phrase, love is weakness, was coined by the king. Yeah. I'd always assumed that that came from Cora. As we say in the show, evil is not born, it's made. It's interesting that Cora removed her heart so long ago. I had incorrectly assumed she removed it in Wonderland. I do feel now, though, that elements of her character fall into place. Yeah, and I think that deep down, you understand Regina's drive, which is she always wanted her mother's love and never felt like she got it, and that's because she didn't have it fully until that last moment. And that is why, as she said to her mother over her, you know, when she thought she died in episode nine, which was, your grip on my heart is so strong, it's just everyone understands you want your parents' approval. Earlier in the episode on the ship, Rumble says to Emma, you're hoping I bleed to death. And Emma replies, we're family now, I'm going to save you. Although I do have the sense that Emma might find it convenient if he did die. I think she does. And she looks pretty angry. She does look angry. They are family now, but that doesn't erase all the things that he's done and all the things that she now has to deal with, with him being a part of this family and all the things that she hasn't learned about him just yet, which is in particular in relation to Henry. So it's a complicated new familial relationship and it's one that Emma may not be thrilled about. Well, I also think that she's saw that no matter how much Neil hated his father, when he saw him stabbing and dying, he wanted to save him. And I think that regardless of how she feels about Mr. Gold and whether or not it's Henry's grandpa, she's not going to let Neil's father die in her watch if that's what he wants. After Snow's phone tap, Cora tells Regina she has to become the dark one. I do feel in this scene that Regina is beginning to see through her plot. The whole time, Regina wants to believe her mom because she feels like, look, I went to dinner with these people and they're never going to forgive me and they're never going to love me. And at least my mom is saying all the things that I always wish she would have. And that really gets to her. 
deep down, she's always worried her mom is using her. And in this moment, the mom said, we're gonna have the knife and it'll kill everyone and you'll be the hero. Well, that's a plan that works for her, whether her mom was men or not. This is a plan where she's beginning to wonder, is my mom using me solely for the knife? And I think you really get that in Gold Shop when the mom chooses the knife over saving her. And therefore, she is now susceptible to the idea at the end, which is exactly what she wants. She wants her mother's love. And if that means putting a heart inside her and stopping this killing and dealing with the ramifications of it, that's what she wants. And I think that's what makes it sad for Regina. And for Snow, ultimately. Yes. David tries to warn Snow not to go down the road of vengeance, yet she still does. Well, I think what he says to her is, you won't be able to live with yourself. And it turns out to be, it's kind of true in a way. And I think that Snow is dark and she's angry and she's upset about her mom and Johanna and probably her father and everything they did. And it is that moment where I think that what's hard about being good is that sometimes being good doesn't get you what you want. You just assume if I do the right thing, the right thing will happen, but not necessarily. Bad things happen to good people all the time, and every once in a while you just want to say, you know what, enough. It's not getting me what I want. I should play by their rules. And I think that this is a lesson of what happens when you do. But she was also protecting Henry and her family by getting rid of Cora. Yeah. Her family was threatened with death, and I think she took the only action she thought was appropriate. That's why we like this episode, is because it's a gray area. She is justified in what she's doing, but deep down, tricking someone into killing their own mother is also distasteful. And she's also upset because she knows that she manipulated Regina in the way that Regina would manipulate everyone else. You know, Damon Lindelof used to say to us, the best villains know what you want emotionally and then exploit it. And that's what Mary Margaret did. And even though she saved her family and they said they would do everything, they've been in lots of situations before that they got out of without doing that. But yet, I don't know, I guess we liked the idea that everybody was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's interesting about this year is that you have Regina and Snow and everyone kind of going into this gray area. The lines aren't as drawn. Yes, but is there another way that she could have controlled Cora? Is there another way that she could have controlled Cora? Yes, but not saving Rumpel's life. So Rumpel would have died. And so the idea was, yes, the best thing would have been is for Rumpel to have died on the ship and then Cora couldn't become the Dark One and then they would just be fighting two really powerful people. But in order to save Rumpel's life, she had to do this. But I think really all he did was provide her excuse to do what she really wanted, which was to get vengeance on the person who killed her mother. Rumpel is really a master at manipulation. He says to Snow, I'm just imagining poor Henry's face when he finds out that you've killed his grandpa. But if Rumble dies, it's not Snow's actions that actually killed him. Yes, again, I think that Rumpel was providing her the match to a fire she was looking to start. She said at the end of the previous episode, I'm going to kill her, and here was the best way to do it. And I think she was like, had I done these things earlier, had I killed Regina when I had the chance, I wouldn't have lost 28 years with my daughter. Maybe I wouldn't have lost my father. And so I think that in this moment, she's like, a lot like Corin, that she was a hothead. You know, her emotions kind of clouded her judgment, and then when it happened and she saw the look on Regina's face of a daughter who lost her mother, it reminds her of herself. 
and then it makes her realize what she did was wrong. But she tried to stop it before that even happened. Exactly, but seeing that made it worse. And I think to us, that's what we liked about it was the complexity and the tragedy and that, you know, you basically have a large family that is completely dysfunctional and you're wondering how they will heal and come together. And that family includes Regina and Rumpel and Bay and Henry and Charming and Snow and everybody. When Rumpel talks to Belle over the phone, he says, you find goodness in others and when it's not there, you create it. I really adored this speech. Yeah. That entire scene is just beautiful. I think it's interesting as a contrast to what he thought he had with Cora. Well, that's the thing. Like, he had real feelings with Cora, and it was real heartbreak that happened there. But something started with Belle later, and there was such great potential and such great hope in him in that relationship with Belle, which took a terrible, terrible setback with Hook's actions, that he, in his moment of despair, where he's considering the real possibility that he might not make it through this, he has to turn to her and he has to tell her how how he feels. That was, in our minds, a really true admission from Rumpel of how he feels toward Belle and what his hopes for her are and what he thinks of her. Shout out to the writer Jane Espenson is really, and all our writers, you know, we come here and we do the podcast every week, but there is a group of people right now in a room, you know, a windowless room helping us create this and they, and, uh, they deserve a shout out. There is a window in the room, but it doesn't feel like it. Yes. <laughs> They work very hard. It really is a magnificent scene, and even his admission to Neil is quite illuminating because he's so genuine. Yeah. Neil's comment is fantastic as well. He says, I didn't know you had that in you. And in that one line, you understand that he's realized that his father is so much more than what he'd imagined all these years. It's proof that his father might have changed. And for me, one of my favorite moments is when Rumpel's about to die and he says, Maya, and Neil says, I'm still mad at you. And he says, I know. But in that moment, they kind of just put it aside for the love that they once had for each other. And in the crypt when Snow said to Regina that her mother could be the Dark One, I started thinking, if Cora succeeded, then she'd be the Dark One without a heart. And I thought to myself that that might be a pretty lethal combination. It could be pretty lethal, and I think we're all breathing a sigh of relief. We didn't have to see what that was. And Cora dying in Regina's arms was devastating. I really wanted her to have a second chance now that she has her heart. I mean, it was tragic. And for us, like, the tragedy of it is is that Cora got that glimpse of what her life could have been and she made a different choice and in her last moments had deep, deep regrets. And I think, you know, Barbara Hershey, uh, who is a phenomenal actress, just played that so beautifully. And, you know, it was just like, wow. So what's your favorite scene or moment from this episode? For me, it is that death scene, and it is, it is seeing the realization on Cora's face of what she could have had. I would have said that, but since Adam took it, I'm going to go that Belle Rumpel scene. I think that was beautiful, and I think it was just a great scene. We have a couple of Twitter questions. Emily Dotson asks, was Belle actually crazy for 28 years, or was she in an asylum just for Regina's personal use? Well, I'd say keep watching. Yes, I mean, she's obviously been there for 28 years, used as a pawn, but... There's more to Belle's story. Yeah. Tanya C. Anderson asks, Is there a significance to the ring Rumpel wears on his right hand, or is he just that swagtastic? I think he is that swagtastic, but I've never known Rumpel to do anything without having a reason behind it. But what that is, well, we'll just have to keep watching and wonder if we'll ever find out. Eddie and Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you all for listening. Thanks, everyone. And thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning in. If you'd like to be a part of our next session, please tweet your question to at ABC 
underscore publicity. Please join Eddie and Adam next week and tune in to Once Upon a Time, Sundays 8, 7 central on ABC and available the following day at abc.com.